This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Justin Sullivan working the boards, doing a great job as always. And the uh, Boston Celtics are in Minnesota tonight to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hence the uh, sound garden outshine. And on to talk about that and the weekend that was in Celtics basketball is our good friend Chris Forsberg of ESPN.com and ESPN Boston. How you doing, Mr. Forsberg? Murph, what's going down? Not much, my man. Not much. You know, uh, interesting weekend. I kind of expected what we saw on Friday. I didn't know if I thought it would be that bad, but I did think it would be a tough night for the Cells. But what I didn't expect, and what we've seen now two weeks in a row, and it is some silver lining for Celtics fans, is that uh, two Saturdays in a row um, on the tail end of back-to-backs on the road, the Celtics have come up with wins, uh, which... You know, look, we'll, we'll look at the Golden State game in a second, but I, I think that's a good sign for a team that right now it, it seems to be trying to find that identity it had built last year and find some consistency. At least they have the sort of the guts, so to speak, to come back and bounce back the next night on the road. Yeah, I kind of think back to the, the Doc Rivers days when the, the, the big three were, were great, but the second night of back-to-back, they kind of just like waved the white flag and were like, hey, we're, we're old. We're not going to win those games. Sort of the, 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 the complete opposite with Brad Stevens' teams. They're young and they're kind of expected to win those second nights of back-to-back, especially, like you say, coming off that tough loss on, on Friday night against the Warriors. You know, like, I, I guess the biggest thing is they're healthy again and they had everybody available there on Saturday in Detroit and kind of a glimpse of what they can be. Uh, now the the question is, can they keep them all upright? Can they all stay healthy? Can they uh, can they build off this, and, and maybe we'll get a better idea of, of what this team is. 
Now, uh, as you say in your your story right now that's up there on ESPN.com and ESPN Boston about uh, Marcus Smart, let, look, let's not forget that Al Horford came back. He was great uh, in his first game back since suffering the concussion and practice back on Halloween. He gets 18 points, 7 of 12 shooting with 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks, and 2 steals. But there's a little something going on, a little trend going on with uh, one Marcus Smart and uh, you're of the belief that maybe, you know, the league needs to look at uh, the flopping that's going on. Well, I, I don't I think it's, a, it's as big of a deal as most think. I think Marcus has a propensity to try to get a call, get a whistle every now and then. He's uh, he's very good at, at exaggerating slight bumps and uh, maybe taking a tumble, which is funny because it, he's, his makeup, his, his DNA is sort of this gritty defender who's like all over you and tough and it's uh, it, it's more of a competitive thing with Marcus, where you know if he can get a call on somebody, he's going to to try to get it. So it's, it's not a soccer before. thing. No, no, no it, <laughs> it, it, it's hard though. But but you know what? The, the the thing is, guys do get reputations, and Marcus has a little bit of a reputation right now. Now you think back a, a week ago, he got dunked on, but he just kind of fell backwards as the guy was actually sailing over his head and managed to get a, a charge call. And so he's, like, wagging his tongue at him and laughing. And, you know, Marcus knew he got away with one. It should have been a Sports Center highlight for being a poster dunk. Instead, this poor guy got a charge, and the play goes the other way. So score one for Marcus. He had a similar incident there in the, in the, in the Detroit game where a guy was swinging his arm, and he kind of just flinched and moved backwards. And that ended up in a highlight clip about, like, look, at here's Marcus over, overreacting again. But the play that, that, that's in that story is, Marcus comes crashing on a on a uh, Jay Crowder missed three pointer in a tied game with about two seconds to go. Absolutely, actually goes over the back of someone, tumbles headfirst into the into the parquet, but manages to keep the ball alive for Horford to tip it in and win the game. And you know that's Marcus Smart in a nutshell. He goes one for nine that night, but he's got like seven rebounds, three assists. You know he does a little bit of everything, and in the biggest moment, finds a way to come up with the biggest play. Uh, to help the Celtics get a win. And so as, as frustrated as, as people get looking at his offensive production, you sort of, you, you can sort of, the, those who, who, who follow the team can sort of write it off because of the fact that Marcus finds a way to impact and impact winning. And so that's a good thing for the, for the young guy to have. It is. And, and, and that, in a nutshell, is sort of what we, we thought of this Celtics team as coming in. Are you seeing them uh, start to find that identity a bit again? A little bit, a little bit. They've been much better the, the past six games than they were the first seven. Now, the first seven, they they were definitely dinged up, and, and that's the same span that Horford and, and Crowder go down in. Uh, but they got embarrassed twice, once against the Wizards, and then they came home and it happened again. And, you know, the, it was just almost like, why aren't they responding? It, it, the, this team, for the one thing you could count on was that they were not going to get embarrassed they weren't going to lose by 20 points they were going to fight even if they were down 20 in the fourth quarter they're going to find a way to, to trim that to single digits by the end and they might not ever have a shot to win the game but they, they weren't going to go quietly and so I think they the players huddled and, and, and so that was a storyline last week about you know getting back to that team that was last year where you, you know we talked about it we got to work harder than the other team and and all those things and, and kind of make up for the lack of talent at times. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen it a little bit. You know, it, it certainly helped that they've gotten Horford and Crowder back last game. And um, But, you know, you can see it in that Golden State game when they didn't have those guys. It's just there's such a talent disparity 
that how do you make up for that? Well, you got to get all the loose balls. You got to get all the rebounds. You got to like find ways to to be competitive. And they're getting closer to that. Their their defensive rebounding numbers are going back up. Their defense as a whole is getting better. Those are encouraging signs that they're gonna they're getting back to the team that we sort of thought they were uh, coming into the year. And what in the process of that in terms of in game performance uh, and not just identity, but in terms of, you know, the plays they're making, the systems. What have you seen Brad Stevens do to adjust it over those six games? Well, I mean, it's not so much an adjustment. It's more just like, again, it goes back to the effort thing. It's sometimes where a ball will come off the rim and you got four green jerseys standing there looking at it and someone would swoop in and grab it from them for a putback and you're thinking, like, this is basketball 101. Someone box out, somebody else grabbed the rebound. It's, it, it's like pretty simple stuff. And for whatever reason, it's like when things are going bad, you see this in every sport. Like mm-hmm. You just get away from what you know is as, as, as basic and fundamental. And it seems like teams often make things hotter than they have to be on themselves. And then it was just, I mean, the defensive thing, it's one of those things where, you know, when you start giving up a lot of points, you start questioning yourself and you're looking at your teammate and saying, why isn't he in the right spot? And it just sort of has that snowball effect. So they just needed one really good game. And I don't know if there was one along the way that really – you know, turn the tide for them or whatever. I think they just needed to sort of realize that that hey, it's going to take max effort on a night to to win games. It's it's it sounds ridiculous, but it, especially in the NBA, it's like when you don't have it, it makes things very difficult. And so again, like guys getting healthy, that's going to like the other night in Detroit, you watch Horford be able to pass the ball around. Like guys are getting better looks, so the offense comes a little bit easier. He's there to protect on the back line, so guys aren't getting discouraged when they get beat off the, the perimeter. Uh, it, it, it's just all hand-in-hand. Hand. But I guess the one thing I, I keep wondering is, like, can this team stay healthy? They haven't been, besides one game through through 13, can can they put a string together here where everybody's upright and, and healthy, and, and can they actually build some chemistry that will, will further help them on the court? It will be interesting. They're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Uh, your take on that team thus far and what we can expect from them tonight? Yeah, you know, the young team, it's a really intriguing team. They've obviously got big man Carly up the house, who's just otherworldly. Uh, he's going to be a perennial all-star, and uh, he just he dominates the game. And this is part of the reason why, when you look at those, those Nets picks, that Celtics fans are so eager to, to maybe someday get a number one pick, because it takes a couple years, but a lot of these guys have a lot of talent. And you see it now with Embiid in Philadelphia. You'll eventually see it with Simmons in Philadelphia. You know, there's a reason why these guys go number one, and, and there's just this this different different talent from at the number one spot compared to when you get down to three, four, or five, where the Celtics have been drafting lately. Uh, even if with the benefit of those Nets picks, uh, Minnesota has a bunch of these guys. They have Wiggins as as part of the uh, the, the trade haul they got from Cleveland, uh, and so they, there's there's talent there uh, that they're developing. And now they brought in uh, Tom Thibodeau, former Celtics assistant coach who was obviously with the Bulls the big knock on Tibbs was that he ran his guys into the ground but he's got a young team he can afford to do that they uh, started a little slow up there I think some were a little bit surprised we all thought the, uh, the, the Timberwolves would sort of make a little bit more of a leap this year uh, but they played good at, at times and they're just exciting it's like again they have all these young athletic dudes uh, it's a really fun team to watch if uh, if they weren't playing the Celtics it's the sort of team that a lot of fans would turn on and on their league pass and just enjoy watching. But against the Celtics, it'll be interesting to see how they combat that athleticism. All right. Should be interesting. Hey, always a pleasure, Chris. We appreciate you taking the time, and we'll talk to you down the line, all right? Hey, thanks, Mark. All right. That is Chris Forsberg joining us here 
on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Our next segment, we're going to switch back to football. Look back at some of the uh, the picks in the NFL and NCAA college football uh, that Gabriel Morenci made, and we'll get his take on Monday Night Football tonight. So stay with us. The stretch run will be back. Some new digs? Check out our new apparel that's ready for you on our website, ESPNNHradio.com. Welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Yeah, nothing like a little mode ahead at 526 on a Monday. Hopefully it uh, gets you a little pepped up. Your day is over. A couple more days left in this short American Thanksgiving week, I hope for you. And uh, give me time to kick back, mild some turkey, and watch some college ball and some pro ball. And on to talk about college and pro football with us right now and look at the Monday night football game tonight between the Oakland Raiders and Houston Texans in Mexico City is our man Gabriel Morenci. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? Always a pleasure, Jimmy. How you doing today? I'm a little under the weather, but I'm, I'm battling through here and uh, I think there was a lot of battling done on the uh, the betting cards this past weekend, huh? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of battling and I got beaten. <laughs> that's, how that, that's how that went. I feel like the dude that... Uh, the episode of The Simpsons, man, that traded traded uh, the convertible car for the last crusty uh, rib uh, ribwich, uh-huh. and he eats it, and he's yeah, yeah, he has yeah. buyer's remorse. <laughs> you know, as, as soon as it's eaten, he's like, "Oh, I have buyer's remorse." <laughs> I've got buyer's remorse, man, on, on the Green Bay Packers, the L.A. Rams, and a lot of other things I did yesterday, and. I'm getting all these, you know, complimentary tweets. Hey, thanks. You won me money on the Bills game. You know, I took the Colts because I listened to your show. And all these other uh, compliments. Yet, unfortunately, I ended up uh, ended up on the wrong side of a couple of bigger bigger wagers yesterday. I can't lie; I'm pretty frustrated. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was some tough sledding for sure, and a lot of teams uh, just sort of losing it at the end and, and losing the cover. And uh, these uh, extra points uh, that are getting missed right now. Was there twelve yesterday? We were just heard Dan Patrick talking about it in the break, and that yeah, that, that, that's screwing that up the spread game. a lot. That rule change was stupid. Like, was there any reason to move the extra points back? No. Like, did any, was anyone watching the NFL and going, you know, in all the problems the NFL has, the one thing that bothers me the most is the extra points. <laughs> like, has anyone watched a college? Like, is there any, has it ever crossed your mind now when you're watching a college game? Oh, they really should move the, the you know, they should really move the extra points back. It's ridiculous. Like, they can do so many things to make the league more entertaining, or there are a lot of, there are a lot of um, gray areas with the rules, International Football League. You know, the extra points wasn't one of them. And people say, oh, it's, it's entertaining. It adds to it. 
it's just frustrating more than anything. Yeah. I'm with I mean, you. you know, do you want do you want the best team to win or do you want the best team to cover the point spread? Or, you know, who is who is the better team or do you want it to come down to all oh, this dude missed missed the extra point? It could be, you know, because it was windy. You know, I get it. It is what it is. You know, you're going to win, you're going to lose because of it, but We've arrived now almost at the time of the year because really guys are going to make these like 94% of the time anyways. But we've arrived to the point of the year now where I guess teams have to consider going for two. Just to me, I mean, some people like the the added drama that it brings. But to me, I just find it annoying more than anything else, to be honest with you. I'm with you, buddy. I'm completely with you. I agree. A hundred percent. And what was some of the games? I know you do that wonderful, hilarious segment. I, I, I see it on your Twitter feed called uh, Who Ruined Your Sunday? What was some of the uh, the common themes that ruined a lot of people's Sundays? Well, I can speak. I can only really speak for myself. It seems like everybody won yesterday except me, Jimmy. No, I'm with you. <laughs> no, don't worry. I lost. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. There's got to be somebody out there. I always say that. I'm like... I wonder if I'm like the only guy in the world right now who wants to put my fist through the wall because the Rams are blowing this lead. Because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, next to a couple of losers in L.A., who would actually bet on the Rams? Like, you know, besides me. So, you know, that game was pretty frustrating. And, you know, the the Who Ruined Your Sunday uh, video we do is very popular. And I've never really had the Rams in it before, Jimmy, because I've never really been dumb enough to bet on the Rams before. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's almost, you know, this week's Who Ruined Your Sunday was the Rams. And then uh, subsequently, and, you know, you look you look at Jeff Fisher. I've defended Jeff Fisher, actually, in the past. Yeah. I have. And people have, for a couple of years, have said the NFL has passed him by. But let's call it out for what it is. Like, he's a mediocre coach. I mean, we can saw, you know, he doesn't have great talent or great teams. Well, you know, it's it's been, what, six, seven years now? Yeah. Um, you know, in a row in which basically you're four and six after ten games. Like, you're the epitome of seven and nine. Yeah. Like, that. that's just what they do. We talked about it earlier in the year, Jimmy, which only one, only one coach in the history of the NFL had ever gotten a contract extension after five consecutive losing seasons before Jeff Fisher this year. <laughs> the other coach to do it, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> Like with Tennessee, so it's, you know, like out of all, you know, poor, you know, Steve McNair is gone. You know that that Tennessee game, that Super Bowl was a long time ago, and yeah. I almost hung on to that. Well, no, he made it to a Super Bowl. The guy had hair back there. I was still in a metal band, I think, when when he made it to the Super Bowl. So, you know that that was pretty frustrating. Then the Green Bay Packers, man, like just I'm an idiot for betting on them. I knew that game was going to go over oh. last night. I hit the over pretty good, Jimmy. Uh, but, you know, it's two weeks in a row, man, that I've taken the Packers on like a 10-point sweetheart teaser. I so just... last night I had the Packers plus 13. Plus 13. I had the Seattle Seahawks like plus three and a half. The, the Redskins and the Packers to go over 38. And the Green Bay Packers plus 13. You know, it sounds like, oh, how can this lose? Well, that late touchdown that the Packers gave up made it lose. Yep. They go from lose being down 12 to 19, and, uh, and I'm the loser, you know, once again. I didn't even win in the I, CFL yesterday. Gabe, I was stunned. I was so stunned when I saw you taking the Packers. I was like, no, don't do it. You know, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, well, I've been down this road before, and, you know, I just figured, listen, they're not going to lose again. And what really pisses me off about this, though, is I was on the wrong side of that playoff game last year. 
I had the Redskins oh, wow. when they played in the playoffs last year. I was in Vegas, too, yeah. at Hooters, I remember. It was the end of a long weekend, man, and <laughs> I was on the wrong side. The Packers have been my nemesis. They really have been. Like, they've been my nemesis for, like, two years. If I oh. take them, they screw me. If I bet against them, Aaron Rodgers throws for four touchdowns. It's, it's one of these deals where I just – I loathe the Green Bay Packers, man. Yeah. Like, I don't like I any you. of them. I really don't. I hear you. Hey, you know what, though? You didn't do too bad in college, game, especially, college, I thought – we did great. You know what you did great on was those ones where you were taking the big point spreads, where you are taking the underdogs. Yeah, I think the only, the only one you missed was Wake Forest, right? look ahead, and it fell into place all day long. Michigan yeah. State covered Indiana. Uh, Indiana, which yep. I, I went big on Indiana. Indiana was never in doubt getting the twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest was a little bit of a sweat job. Yeah. Now, and did you Washington, did you hit that or no? Did you hit Wake Forest? Yeah, I hit Wake Forest. Okay. And then I took uh, I took Arizona State wow. uh, plus the points against Washington, and they were down. They were getting twenty seven, and it was twenty twenty four nothing at the half. <laughs> I was like, wow, this could be a. This one might get away from us. And uh, and Arizona State ended up getting the backdoor uh, cover. Yep. yep. And we had a pretty pretty good Saturday, actually. But the only bad thing was West Virginia. I think they drank their own moonshine before the game. Uh, that one hurt. That one hurt. What and, the uh, hell yeah, happened they, to them, man? Oh they my fumbled. God. You know, they, they come out with a 3-3. Three, three, you know, they, they, uh, they come out. Oklahoma gets the ball first. It's a quick three and out. You yep. know, the place is going crazy. It's snowing. To add to the crazy atmosphere there. And then uh, the kid on West Virginia drops the, the first punt. Yeah. Like, you know, he must the punt on his own six-yard line touchdown. It was everything that could have went wrong for West Virginia it, did. It was a Murphy's but, Law day. <laughs> yeah, but it was one of these deals, Jimmy, where they're West Virginia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's a reason why I didn't take him seriously. Nobody took him seriously yeah. for any playoff conversation. And it's so like a lot of these teams in the Big 12. They're good. They're not great. And then they step up in class and they get punched in the mouth. And now already I see, you know, I saw Nate Silver in 538 actually as Oklahoma in the playoff now. Yeah. It's like the, the longer extra points. Did anyone need to see it? Like, does anyone <laughs> want to see Oklahoma in the playoffs? No. You know, like really Oklahoma is Oklahoma really a top four team in no. football. I, you know, this we'll see. I don't want to freak out because Nate Silver is saying it, uh, but it would, you know, in Oklahoma, if they get in again, there's going to be a real problem with this because the committee's already sort of shown that they lean with the pedigree, Jimmy, and the bigger schools as it is. Yeah. You know, and I I don't like it. Like, you know, that's what I don't like about Conor McGregor, and I've complained about it when I said that, yep. you know, Conor McGregor should fight uh, should fight uh, Habib or yeah. should fight Tony Ferguson, yeah. but he's going to fight Nate Diaz next. He won't do that. Because there's bigger ratings. But so at this point, well, hey, look, Florida State do well on TV, Jimmy. So why don't we put Florida State in the college football playoff? <laughs> like, I don't want to hear about ratings. You know, I don't want to hear about institutions. How and about, about just putting the best schools there? The pedigree yeah. of the school. Put the four best damn teams in. Yep. You know, not while well, these, you know, Oklahoma is going to sell. And we, are, we all know this, Jimmy. The dirty little secret about bowl games, right? Yeah. You know, who's going to sell the most tickets? Yeah. You know, that's what it comes down to. Like, you know, if you. You know, you want to be in the Sugar Bowl. You better, you know, you better, you better be able to sell, you know, twenty five, thirty five thousand tickets yeah, uh, to your fan base. That's too and, bad. 
everything comes down to money now and, you know, as opposed to the competitiveness of it. So I really hope that Oklahoma doesn't get in when it's all said and done. But yeah, that game really pissed me off, Jimmy. I can't lie. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Hey, let's look to uh, back to pro football here, Gabe. And Monday night football tonight, the Texans and Raiders uh, south of the border in Mexico City. Uh, first of all, uh, I, I was saying earlier in the show, I, I, I hope that our media friends are well protected, being that that's the kidnap uh, capital of the world. Uh, a sketchy place to have a game down there. What's your take on the NFL doing this? Uh, no more sketchier than playing in the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Like, we, you know, we really want to start getting into that aspect of it, Jimmy. Because, yeah, I know you want to walk down the street in Detroit after a Lions yeah. game, right? <laughs> I love that too. When everyone they picked everyone in in the West, and we all picked on Brazil. Yeah. Oh, look at the Brazilian scum! My God, look at this Brazil. The Olympics in Brazil, <laughs> and somebody showed a great shot, man, uh, in Queens. <laughs> it's like decrepit block, like in the shadow of City Field. Like there's like not even electricity type of deal. Like uh, so, listen. No, without a doubt, um, there are security concerns for people that live in Mexico city, but right. the Raiders and the Texans players, you know, they're obviously going to be fine. Altitude is something that we have to think about tonight, actually, it is. which I really don't know how to handle this. Cause I, I you know, I just mentioned the UFC and, you know, I, I bet a lot of MMA and there are times when they do fight in Denver or in Salt Lake city, or there'll be fights in Mexico city. And the altitude has a major effect on I, these fighters. But going in, it's one guy, right, Jimmy? So we know. It's like, well, yeah, this guy's got good cardio or he doesn't. Or this guy, no, this guy understands the altitude or he doesn't. I don't know. Like, you know, who's the better conditioned team between the Raiders and the Texans? I mean, how am I supposed to know this, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know who's going to gas first, uh, so to speak. It's interesting, actually. Um, they've only played one game before Mexico City. And the quarterbacks were actually saying after that uh, – that the it got it took a little while to get used to it because the ball was flying. Mm-hmm. You know, the altitude is a major, major difference right here. This makes like Denver look like sea level type stuff. <laughs> so, you know, the balls are going to be flying, which leads us uh, to a prop bet here. Long field goal. Now, listen, Janikowski's already got a cannon. You know, they routinely let uh, they routinely let him attempt like fifty, mm-hmm. you know, fifty five yarders. Uh, today with the altitude. You know, he might go for like a 60-yarder or, you know, even longer uh, with the altitude. So, you know, if you can get the long field goal prop uh, bet in, I I would definitely take a look at that. I'm playing it myself. Uh, So long field goal between the two teams. Every every book has that, uh, that option. As far as the game itself is concerned, you know, Jimmy, I wanted to talk myself into taking the Houston Texans in that, you know, listen, they're six and three. The Raiders are seven and two. The perception coming into this game tonight is that the Raiders are the great, you know, the Raiders are back. They're the, you know, they're the best team in the AFC after the Patriots and the Houston Texans are terrible. Yet, if you look at the standings, the Texans are six and three, Mm. the Raiders are seven and two. You know, there's not a big discrepancy between their one loss record, but let's look at who they've beaten. And the fact is Houston, three of their wins have come against division opponents, right? which is basically the Sun Belt uh, of the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, you know, big deal. We, you know, good for you. You beat Jacksonville <laughs> last week on the road. You know, Brock Osweiler, there's only two quarterbacks with a worse quarterback rating in the NFL than Brock Osweiler. 
Imagine they're that. both on the bench right now. Blaine yeah. Gabbert and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, my God. He's averaging 5.6 yards pass, uh, per pass attempt. I just don't see how they keep up tonight. I was like, why am I going to take Houston when I've taken Houston before? How did Houston do against uh, Jacoby Brissett and the Patriots yeah, uh, last two months exactly. ago? They got shut out. Uh, Minnesota. Uh, has Minnesota blown anybody out this year? Yeah, one team, Houston. <laughs> you know, they beat them by 18. Um, you know, you, you look at the Houston Texans on the road, and they roll over. They've, they've been absolutely murdered. They get pasted. They roll over. There's no fight in them. They're the type of team, too, and they're down, you know, they're down 17 with eight minutes left, and they're running the ball. Or O'Brien will punt with the ball. I just don't see, you know, I don't want to lay six, but I don't see how Houston's going to cover the number here. I just, you know, Derek Carr would have to really have a horrible game and turn the ball over a lot. I don't see Brock Osweiler uh, being able to go up and down the field and trade touchdowns uh, with the Raiders. Uh, So ultimately, I'm going to be taking the Raiders. I'm going to tease the Raiders to the over. And I'm going to hit the props, man. I, I think that the long field goal is a nice prop. Uh, total sacks over four and a half. You know, Osweiler is less mobile than Drew Bledsoe was. All right, like, <laughs> he's you know, a tree trunk. Yeah, I was. You know, I I used to have a good mobility joke, but it's kind of really politically incorrect. So I'm not going to drop it on this <laughs> It's more of a podcast, uh, podcast mobility joke. So I always joke. He's as mobile as. I'm like, no, no, you can't say that. So I'm, like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, Drew Bledsoe, that's nice and safe. Yeah, it's but good. But Osweiler's that clown back there, dude. Like, that's why there's not six foot seven quarterbacks in the NFL. How did he get that contract? It's hilarious. Well, fortunately, it's only two years. Yeah. You know, and you know what's amazing, though, Jimmy? And I had a guy on, I had a Houston guy on today earlier, and we were talking about this. What's amazing, too, is Bill O'Brien, of course, said earlier in the week that the Texans made the right call, Jimmy, in not drafting Derek Carr. <laughs> well, anyone that's watched the 12 Whoops. quarterbacks you've had in the last three years would probably disagree, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I'd rather have Brock Osweiler than Derek Carr right now. I would have rather, rather had Ryan Mallett than Derek Carr. You know, who was the other guy they had? The Yates guy. Remember him? Oh, the my Yates gosh. dude from North yeah. Carolina? Yeah. Uh, you know, they actually, O'Brien, O'Brien thought that uh, Tom Savage from Rutgers was going to be his guy. He was a real steal. Like, Tom Savage might be the worst college quarterback I've ever seen. Like, him him, and there's that other stiff loser kid, and I hate to be so mean, but, God, he was bad. No, and he's actually it. on the Pittsburgh, uh, he was on the Pittsburgh Panthers, and he was actually on the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders for years. Terrible in the CFL, too. I can't believe his name is escaping me. Uh, right now, his father's like a coach, and his brother played at Alabama, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, you know, you can tell. Like, and and the thing is, O'Brien's supposed to be a quarterback guru. Yeah, he's supposed to be a quarterback guru. And you know, he, he was at Penn State, and he made Matt McGloin into a real quarterback. And I was like, that's a freaking miracle, because McGloin was like Rudy. It kind of put me in, coach. Put me in. You know, basically everyone left after Sandusky, uh, and they're like, all right, kid, you're the quarterback. You know what I mean? And and he you know, and McGloin actually made it in the vote. It's like you know maybe O'Brien really is a quarterback guru, but it's sort of like yeah, is O'Brien a quarterback guru? He's a quarterback guru, just like Charlie Weiss is an offensive genius. All right, <laughs> how many people have made money because they were around Tom Brady? <laughs> is Josh McDaniels a genius, or is he the guy that's lucky to be around Tom Brady? <laughs> like you know, so you know, long story short here, O'Brien. 
you know, you haven't done a whole hell of a lot with quarterbacks. And for a guy that knows quarterbacks as much as you do, you seem to like choose a lot of really bad quarterbacks. And it's funny because if you look, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had like a career year after he left Houston. Hoyer was better after he left Houston. It's like Osweiler was better last year with Denver. Yeah. Like he's made them worse somehow, Jimmy. So like, I just, I just don't, I can't take them. <laughs> you know, I can't take them. Let's say the Raiders win, you know, let's call it uh, 30, 31, 17 Raiders. All right. There we go. My friend, I like it. Uh, and I like the prop on the, on the kicking on the field goals. I, I definitely will go with that in the high altitude. Good stuff. Hey, uh, get over uh, Sunday, my friend, move on. It's a new week. And, uh, we will talk to you. Actually, we're off uh, Thursday and Friday, so we won't talk to you again until next Monday. We appreciate it, Gabe. Always a pleasure. Hey, always a pleasure, guys. May the winners be yours. All right, buddy. That's Gabriel Morenci joining us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We've got one segment left here. Maybe we'll look at our picks and how Sully and I did this past weekend in the final segment if we have time. So stay with us. The Stretch Run will be back. to the stretch run with jimmy murphy stay tuned for the right time with bomani jones only here on espn new hampshire radio Stretch around here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Justin Sullivan working the boards as always and uh, doing a good job, but he didn't do such a great job this week for once. No. Finally I, allowed me to get back into the I race took some wrecks, risks and uh, they didn't pan out. Yeah. I had the Rams. I had them. Yeah. And then they, you should have taken Rex and instead then they, of Riss. And yeah, and then they blew it at the end. They didn't have the Bills either. Yeah. Just, but uh, yeah, so what did I I called it on that hook on the Thursday night game? Uh, yeah, the you Saints. Plus three and a half, well, I had that. I went to, I turned it off after halftime because they were blowing them out, and I said, here we go. Yep. They're going to do it. And they did the same exact thing they did last week, and they let them right back into the game. Yep. Like, I thought I had that. I nailed it. I was like, yeah, I got them. I got them on that one. I'm going to go to bed. Nice I'll call be on the Buccaneers, though, plus yeah. seven and a half. I think a lot of people had the Chiefs. Uh, some other ones there. Uh, we both got messed up on the Giants with yeah. their missed kicks there. <laughs> Uh, but you know, overall, I I went nine and four this week. You're six and seven. We both have the Texans tonight, so the best you can be is seven and seven, and I can be ten and four. I'll take seven and seven. I thought uh, it was worse. So you're still ahead overall. I'll look at the uh, overall standings. I'm not sure which uh, what they are exactly, but um, you still liking the Texans tonight? Yeah, 
I, I don't know. After talking to I, I, Gabe, kind of swayed Gabe, me the other yeah, way. Gabe kind of, kind of put a you know stop in that. Now I just, I don't know. I think it's, it's a new, it's a neutral side game. In our buy jinx, it's it's I a, really do. It's a neutral side game. They're coming off a buy. There's a lot of extra factors here, and I just feel like the Raiders. They're good. They are. They're really good. But I think they're due for a slip up at some point. And I. I don't know why I picked this way. I think it's just because it's a neutral site game. There's yeah. a chance there that Monday they, night could, football. they could slip up, you know, yeah. especially coming off a of bye and dealing with, you know, all the things that are Mexico City. You know, there's a whole another element to that that people are forgetting. Plus the yep. altitude and all like there's so many factors here. So there's a, I, I still like the Texans. I think there's a shot if they're going to slip up and have a uh, one of those off games. I think tonight would be the night that they would do that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I you know I I see where I'll. Gabe's points he makes yeah, great points. He nails a lot of them. Um, it, it's not that I think Houston's good. I just I just think that it's it, it's a flat night for Oakland. I don't know yeah. why. I feel like they're going to be flat tonight. Could be very wrong. And they might they might win the game. They're just I don't think they're going to be able to cover it. I think it'll be closer than people. I think, right. it'll be, I think it's going to be closer than six and a half or you know whatever whatever it's up okay. to now. I don't know what's up to now, but when we picked, I think it was six and a half. So I think that. You know, they probably will win the game, but it's going to be a lot closer than people are, are thinking. I mean, this is a big game in Mexico City, National Spotlight, Monday Night Football. Coming off a of bye, there's a chance they're going to be a little flat. If not, you know, for the whole game, at least for the first half of the game, it'll be close. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, game and interesting to see, like we said, how the altitude plays a role. But uh, what else was interesting was all our guests today. I want to thank them all. Gabriel Marenzi, of course, uh, Chris Forsberg, Mick Collagio, uh, Cole Wright, Bill Burt, Dave Haley, uh, and, of course, UNH coach Sean McDonald. Congratulations again to them on making their 13th straight playoff. That's impressive. Really impressive That's stuff. Really, really impressive. impressive stuff. And thanks to you, Justin, uh, for working the boards. And uh, I'm going to go home. I'm going to drink a lot of orange juice, have a lot of soup. And go to bed. And go to bed. And I will watch <laughs> the game in the morning. Yep. Glad there's not a Bruins game DVR. tonight. Yeah, good old DVR always comes in handy and sort of highlights. Uh, really, you don't need to watch games live anymore. The only thing is <laughs> yeah. it's tough to not know what happened, you know, because yeah. like, you're going to find out one way or another. Uh, what I, it gets me now is I got the Bleacher Report updates. So, so Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'll be laying down to go to bed. I'll be asleep. Just, 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 exactly. I'm like, come on, really? Like, I don't, need to, I don't need to know what happened in college basketball right now. Exactly. Like, I'm trying to go to bed. Well, I'm going to put on a little more Sharon Jones as you're hearing her here as we go out. Her soothing voice will ho- hopefully get me feeling better again for the show tomorrow. Uh, thanks again to everyone. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Rest in peace, Sharon Jones. Don't be-